Where does yesterday's future, which is already here, ready, here, ready, here, ready, here, meet today's future, which is about to happen, and tomorrow's future, which could be just minutes away? Welcome to Technology Revolution, the future of now, where host Bonnie D. Graham asks savvy futurists for their predictions about the tech-driven trends that are shaping our future right now. Here's your host, who will take us into the future of now, Bonnie D. Graham. Bonnie D. in the house, happy to be here. Wow, we've got a packed house today. I've got some interesting people, and we're going to talk about an age-old question. I think Shakespeare posed it at some point in his vast and melodious and mellifluous career. What's in a name? We're going to talk about that. If you're a novelist, if you're a story writer, if you're a poet, if you're anybody who writes anything, how do you name your characters? Who are they? What does a name mean? What inspires you? What what makes them special to you? And what makes them special to your readers? I'm getting feedback on somebody's microphone. So I'm going to ask everybody to mute during my opening here, if you don't mind. Just mute, mute your mics. That'll be helpful a lot. We're live. Everybody on my panel, wave hello to LinkedIn. We're live on LinkedIn. We're live on Facebook. Hello, everybody. This is technology revolution, the future of now. So let me start with my opening, and this will be interesting. This will set us up for our topic. So I have a couple of buzz quotes, as you know, I always do that. Buzz number one comes from a website called NY Book Editors. We know that's New York Book Editors. What else would it be? .com. And they say, coming up with a great name for your characters is one of the hardest tasks you'll ever complete as a fiction writer. Everybody on the panel, is that a yes? Everybody not? Yeah, that, okay, we picked a good topic. You don't want to saddle your characters with ordinary pedestrian names. Oh, no. But going too creative with your name choices can distract or even confuse your reader. Aha, so we've been warned. Buzz number two is from a writer named Anne with an E on the end, R. Allen, naming fictional characters, 10 tips to avoid pitfalls. Oh, no. And she says, creative monikers don't just add color and humor to storytelling. They help the reader keep track. Listen up. Instead of calling the pizza delivery guy Bob, okay, if you give him an interesting ethnicity, a cowboy hat, and a name like Galveston Nagayan, Readers will remember him when he shows up dead 50 pages later, but beware, there can be pitfalls. You got to go read the whole article. Buzz number three is from LITHUBLITHUB.com, and they say naming is one of the more fun problems of writing fiction. One sci-fi writer recently joked on Twitter, the worst part of publication, publishing a novel, is being asked by readers and interviewers, how do you pronounce the characters' names? I thought that was adorable. And we have a couple of popular character names. Captain Holly Short from the Artemis Fowl series. That's an interesting one. We have Mia Thermopolis from the Princess Diaries. We have just good old Maggie from Inkheart. And uh, there was some sad news about a, a well-known writer, not to everybody, but Susie Steiner just passed away at 51. Although legally blind, she wrote three novels in about five years, but her character in her thriller detective novels was named Manon, M-A-N-O-N, Manon Bradshaw. Popped up in the obits in the New York Times today, died in London on the 2nd of July. This is not a sad show, but I like the idea of the name Menon Bradshaw. I have no idea where she got it, and I don't know if we'll ever find that out. So uh, raise your hand and wave if I, when I call your name, Katrina McPherson. Hi, Katrina. 
it took me three months to learn how to pronounce her name because it isn't spelled that way, but I think I've got it. Katrina McPherson, don't even try. And we have Clea Simon. Welcome back, Clea. There she is. Clea, love the long curly hair. Haven't seen that before. And we have Carolyn Marie Wilkins. She said I can just call her Carolyn because we're family by now. We have Sarah Smith. Hello, Sarah. Wave hello. And we have Edwin Hill. Edwin, so glad you were available. We were hoping you would join us. And we're going to talk about the future of fictional characters, what's in a name? Okay, there we go. Let's go around the table and get some bios here. Uh, three minutes, Katrina, turn on your mic, please. And why don't you remind us, who are you? What do you write? And just a quick overview on your philosophy on naming characters. Katrina, welcome back. Thanks for having me back, uh, Bonnie. Um, yes, I'm Katrina McPherson. It's spelled exactly how it sounds. Um, I'm Scottish. I live in California, but I'm in Scotland at the moment at four o'clock in the afternoon visiting my parents. I write um, all around the crime fiction genre. So I write historical novels about a snooty detective in the 1930s. I write Capers uh, set in California about a Scottish implant there. I write uh, darker, not difficult, psychological thrillers, standalone thrillers where you can kill everyone, but you can't because I'm too soft. And I've just written a new historical set in 1948 that finally marries my uh, love of historical fiction to my own working class roots, which was great fun uh, to write. And that's it for me. Katrina, what are your favorite character names? Can you throw a couple out for us? Of mine? Yes, yours. Of my favorite character names? Well, I had a I've got a character called Gloria Harkness, who was called Tash short for Natasha, which wasn't right. And I changed her name to Gloria and immediately I could see her. I knew that she made her own dresses. I knew her hairstyle. I knew everything about her as soon as she became Gloria. So I, I love that name. And my um, my Scotch in California is called Lexi uh, and that's spelled L-E-A-G-S-A-I-D-H, which is Katrina with an O dialed up to 11. Because can you imagine her life? Lexi, how are you spelling that? <sighs> Katrina, have you ever thought of doing stand-up as a fiction author? Oh my God! <laughs> no way! Oh, Amazon, just... Amazon one-star reviews are bad enough. You don't get fruit thrown at you when you're writing books. No, no. <laughs> you, you, there's not a dry eye in the crowd right now listening to you talk about Very kind. spellings. I'm glad I put her first because that, that's got to be, <laughs> I'm guessing that's one of the winners of the, how do you pronounce it? How do you spell it? What? Thank you very much, Katrina. Uh, let's she, see. She's going to be a tough act to follow. Katrina, what else did you want to say? Oh, I was just going to say, when I got back to Scotland, I haven't been here since 2019 because, you know, one thing and another. When I got home and I, had, I was picking up my hire car, and the guy at the desk looked down, read my name, looked up and said, Katrina. I thought, oh, I'm home. <laughs> he knew how to say my name. <laughs> and I have to tell anybody who who is listening on Voice America Business that her first name is spelled C-A-T-R-I-O-N-A. -A. So it doesn't look like Katrina. It looks like Catriona. And that's why she's so relieved when she goes back to Scotland. I'm glad you got to go home. <laughs> I'm going to ask you to mute your microphone, Katrina. I think I'm still picking up on that. Let's go around the table next. Clea Simon, welcome back. Clea, word has it that you've been laboring for, for days to try and get your computer to connect to Zoom. No, it's been about 20 minutes. It's been and about, actually, it's been since about 1030. So about a half an hour. And I was like, oh my God. What I, and I actually, while I'm sitting here staring at my desktop, I was trying to get Zoom on my phone, but I hadn't downloaded it on my phone. I was like, okay, I'm going to leave this. I'm going to run downstairs. And that's two flights of stairs. 
grab the laptop, come it up. So I'm now that I can see I'm bouncing around. You can see I'm bouncing around. You're, I'm no, bouncing not bad, around. not bad. Could, uh, Clea has her. Clea has a laptop on her on her knees, so that we'll get a little bit of movement here. Clea, I'm putting you on full screen speaker view. Why don't you update our our viewers, our listeners, on what you've been up to, and share a couple of your favorite character names of characters you've created. Clea, welcome back. Thanks so much for having me back. Uh, you, what have I been up to besides running up and down the stairs? Yes, I, I put my steps in this morning. How's that? My hair was less curly when I started running. <laughs> um, well, um, I've 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 been busy, but as busy as one can be, trying to get onto Zoom. Um, <laughs> so, um, like like Katrina, I write a little bit all over the spectrum, but I, I think I'm sort of more more channeled. I I tend to write um, these these cozy mysteries, you know, sort of uh, puzzle whodunits that usually almost almost always have cats in them. But then on the, the other side, I write sort of dark psychological suspense that's usually set in the uh, the music world, the rock, the rock and roll world. Um, so uh, in terms of character names, uh, I, I do have fun naming the cats, I'll tell you that much. But- Well, give us that, a couple cat names. What is some oh, of your cat names? Well, come on, come um, on. My, my Witch Cat series, which features a young woman who really she wants to be a witch she wants to be a witch detective which is sort of a profession she's invented of course the truth is it's really her cats who have the magical powers because if you have cats you know um but you know i was thinking macbeth i was thinking, you know so i came up with three sister cats uh, all from the same litter uh so they're clara clara um harriet and um and of course i'm blanking on the last one now uh but harriet's a harriet she just is she's a big fluffy marmalade um, Clara's a little calico, so it's Clara the calico. That's kind of obvious. Um, and if I could think of the name of the third cat, I I probably would have if I hadn't been running up and down the down the stairs. You'll blurt but, it out um, later. It's okay. I will. I'll I'll interrupt somebody else. That's fine. Somebody will forgive you. It's fine. But Go in ahead. terms of naming, I had to share this because it's it's actually something that I think Katrina was the first. I think you were the first reader to pick up on this. Um, and granted, you were reading in advance. But in my my newest book, Hold Me Down. Yes, I did. I did do that first, even before I tried to get on Zoom, put that up. Um, I have a, a woman, Gal Raver, who's in a band, um, or she was in a band, you know, years ago. She's my age. Um, and she's getting back together with a band and, you know, mayhem ensues. Uh, but when I was writing that book, around halfway through, I was thinking, well, all the fun we have with band names. I don't know if you people do it, but my friends and I are always, you know, blurting out inappropriate comments and going, that would be a great band name. Like, you know, Mashed peas into the carpet. That great band name. Uh, you know, I can't believe you did that again. Great band name. Um, and I realized that uh, Gal's band didn't have a band name. And I thought, you know, she's. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna go all Rebecca on her. Uh, the band is not gonna have a name. Oh. <laughs> You're gonna, Whoa. It's gonna be th that band you know. That band you know. That that band that you're thinking of in your head. It's never gonna have a name. So sometimes I'd argue the best name is no name. There you go. And I'll share with you that I've had members of a band on some of my radio shows and they were driving down a country road at one point, the founder of the band, his name is Steve, I think. And he saw a, a roadside a pie stand and there was a big sign. It said damaged pies. And he said, yes, the band is damaged pies. Wonderful. <laughs> it's just, it just whatever comes to mind. I, I used to, I'm a drummer and I, I started a band here a couple of years ago. It's no longer in, no longer in, in, in use, no longer in working practice, but uh, it was called Red's Hot Mango because uh, I was going to call it, um, what was I going to call it? Salsa because it was, we played Latin music. And then somebody said to me, what, salsa, you got crackers, you got chips. And I said, okay, we'll go with hot mango. And I found pictures of 
yellow and red mangoes for the logo. It was kind of cute. Anyway, I hadn't thought of how do you name bands and companies in novels. We were just talking today, supposedly. Clea, you just opened up the conversation. I appreciate that. How do you name companies? How do you name cities? How do you name organizations? It's bigger than I thought. Thank you very much, Clea. I know I could always count on you. Let's move around the table. Carolyn, full name, Marie Wilkins. Welcome back. I just love everybody so happy. The smiles are, you're lighting. It's not a happy world right now. And we're going to do our share for the next however many minutes to brighten it up a little bit. Carolyn, please regale us. What have you been up to since you were on the show last? Welcome back. Oh, thank you. And I will say we do need to bring the happy precisely because there's a lot that is not too beautiful. We need to still remember to lift and do our part to bring some positivity to the world. So on that note, I will say that I have been very busy. I'm in the process, as I'm sure all my fellow authors are familiar, of desperately shopping my next mystery. And it is done, and I'm sending out the letters, and I'm doing it's more than a notion, and we need to eat lots of chocolate in order to sort of kind of cope with the process, but that's what I'm doing. And that book, which I hope will come out one way or the other, by hook or by crook, is going to be called Lost, Found, Dead, a psychics and soul food mystery. So that's the the new one. My previous books, I wrote uh, one mystery about an African-American psychic it's called Death at a Seance that came out a few years ago. And what was the name of the psychic, Carolyn? Ah, the name of that book, the psychic for that book was called Carrie McFarlane. And that is actually the name of my three times great, uh, great grandmother. So uh, I chose that name because initially when I was working on the book, uh, I wanted to try to include some of her life story into the book as a tip of the hat mm -hmm. to her. And so I would always refer to her as Carrie and that kind of stuck, you know. So that was that book. Then previously before that, I wrote two murder mysteries, more in the cozy vein, uh, featuring a music teacher on the south side of Chicago. And that main character I named Bertie Bigelow. And once again, Ooh. Bertie, uh, is well my grandmother is named Alberta so Bertie was in a way a tip of the hat to her but it also just had a nice ring you know alliteration Bertie Bigelow so yes uh is that enough? Did you want more? That's enough. That's enough. We just wanted to hear your wonderful voice and get your spirit back on the show. And that's fine. Right. Thank you. And we have breaking news from Clea Simon. Clea, why don't you quickly announce the name of the third, the third sister cat? Come on. The third sister cat is Laurel. We have Harriet, Laurel, and Clara the Calico. 
Thank you very much. See how flexible it is on live radio when the host thinks she knows what she's doing. Thank you very much. Let's go around the table. Sarah Smith. Sarah only had to, Clea, you thought you had problems. Sarah only had to restart six times before she could could get the you know, unfreezing on the Zoom. And she is here. And Sarah, we're delighted. Sarah, when I, and you can turn your mic on, Sarah. You're muted right now. Sarah, when I announced to the group that you have been added to the panel, unmute, dear. There you go. When I had announced to the to the gang that you had joined the panel, I just got so many, yes, we love Sarah. Sarah's back. So I just wanted you to know whatever popularity contest we weren't running, you won anyway. Sarah Smith, please tell us, remind us, tell us, regale us. What have you been up to since you were last on the show? Welcome back. Well, thank you. Thank you. And I'm going to start out by saying I'm on a panel with Five of my favorite people, Katrina, Clea, Carolyn, Edwin, and Barry, and I'm loving it so much. Thank you. Um, so I'm Sarah Smith. I, I write uh, all over the map. The, the thing I've done most recently is um, a group of students reprogrammed uh, a computer game I wrote way back in the dawn of time. And you can play it for free at www.kingofspace.org. And I'll give that to Benny. Benny can put that in the in the chat. I see it. Thank you. It's there. Yeah. Okay. And I I have a um, uh, an Edwardian series, uh, the most recent of which is Crimes and Survivors, set aboard the Titanic. Crimes and Survivors. It's good. People like it. Uh, and character names. Famous... What are your character names? We want to okay, know names. Okay, character names. My favorite character name, uh, Goody, is out of this series. There's a character who has two different names. Uh, some people call him Richard, and some people call him by another name. And you know how you're not supposed to have names that sound alike? Mm hmm because people will get confused. Well, I wanted people to get confused and I spent several days figuring out a German name that sounds pretty much like Richard. Uh, so it begins with R, uh, so has a, a, a D in it. Uh, so he's called Risden or Richard, depending on who's talking. Very interesting. Thank you very much going around the table. Sarah, welcome back. We're delighted to have you. And thank you for working so hard to get yourself unfrozen because you are very much alive with us now. And let's go to Edwin Hill. Edwin, welcome back. I needed you on the panel for all kinds of reasons, just because you're so smart and savvy and we were so happy when you were on last time. So Edwin, putting you on speaker view, would you please delight us with what you've been up to and give us some of your character names, Edwin? Sure. So, uh, my name is Edwin Hill. I, I mostly write psychological thrillers. This is my latest one called The Secrets We Share. That's a standalone book. Um, I For names, I think my, my favorite name that I've come up with, I write a series. The main character in that series is called Hester Thursby. Um, and it's a name I came up with actually pretty quickly. Um, but it is one that people remember, which is, you know, I think what we all really want in these in these uh in these books and for some reason that hester i don't know if it's the i don't know if it's the hester i don't know if it's the thursby i don't know if it's the syllables or or the combination but people d do tend to remember that that name uh she's a librarian i think the name hester goes really well with uh, with being a librarian um so it just it's a nice complete package um and i with that name it's sort of like um 
uh, I think of Stevie Nicks who wrote Dreams, uh, Mm -hmm. her most famous song, like on the side of a highway in five minutes. And I always think to myself, why can't I, like I came up with Hester Thursby in two seconds, um, whereas I I, like labor over other names all the time. So why can't I like Stevie write a very famous song in five minutes with all of my names? Well, that certainly is quite a challenge, isn't it, Red? <laughs> we, we, we regale, we love uh, stories about songwriters who do that in just a couple minutes, don't we? Mm-hmm. When I wrote my first romantic comedy play, I just decided I was writing a play and I downloaded a, a format, a, a Word document from the internet, how do you write a play? And it told me how you set up each scene and the characters and the setting and all of that. I just copied it in and I started writing at one o'clock in the morning and I wrote till four in the morning, three days in a row and I had my play and I produced it with community actors on my public access television show something to talk about on long island new york and it was just delicious and we taped it and i produced it with other people a live live stage characters Uh, and it just it just came it just Mm -hmm. came to me and once i knew who those characters were am i is this resonating with all of you the characters just spoke not just to me, they spoke. They came off the page. They just, they had names, they had personalities, they had quirks, they had everything. And I heard, I did a cold read salon here years ago in my community and, and I put the script for one of my plays, I did three of them on the table with stuff from Roald Dahl and other writers. It was just pick a script off the table and rehearse it for five minutes and then do your own interpretive reading in front of the audience. I call those cold reading comedy reading salons. And somebody picked up my play and they read it. I'm sitting there laughing my head off. I said, what? <laughs> that was my... I wrote that. Who are? Who am I? It was <laughs> was such a reaction because I was enjoying what had come mm. off of my keyboard. I can't say my pen, but my keyboard. Anyway, I, I appreciate the naming very much for all of, from all of you, and thank you. And that's what it's all about. This may have to be a part two because we've got so much to talk about. Let's quickly go around the table. I want to get to the predictions, and it's twenty four after because we're having too much fun here. I want to get to the predictions, but I want to do the quotes. You've each very graciously and generously, as always, sent me a quote from a fictional movie or. TV character or a song lyric, haha. Uh, that's like a mirror seeing what's in the mirror. And I'm going to read the quote with just a tiny bit of background and just take two minutes to explain what it has to do to our topic. So Katrina McPherson, I'm trying to be very good about that, picked a quote from Cecily Cardew. What a great character name played by Reese Witherspoon. There's a name in itself. The movie was The Importance of Being Earnest in 2002. Was she really doing movies 20 years ago? Reese Witherspoon? British American romantic comedy drama. I love where they string the genres together with the without dashes. Here is the quote. It suits you perfectly. It is a divine name. It has a music of its own. It produces vibrations. Katrina, how'd you find this one? Wow. (laughs) Well, I've never seen that film. (laughs) But Oscar Wilde, it's the importance of being this name, the importance of being Ernest. You know, it's not the best pun he ever wrote. But it's just it's just funny to me because Ernest is such an unmellifluous name. It gives no one vibrations. It doesn't do it doesn't do anything. I mean, what an insult to say that it suits you perfectly, Ernest. I mean, there must you cannot imagine now someone looking down at a baby and going, Ernest. It's just not gonna it's not gonna happen. I don't know when the last time it had a vogue was, but it's a long time ago. But I, yeah, I've always loved I've loved that play. It's so quick and snappy. I should should watch the film, maybe. I have to tell you, I had a blind date through many, 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 many years ago with somebody named Ernest. And I went to dinner and he spent most of the time telling me 
about how his recently former girlfriend was a multimillionaire and, and he had, she had invited him to live with her in the mansion that her father had left her in his inheritance and how fabulous. I know, I know. So when I got home, my mother, Katrina, why don't you mute because we're picking up uh, feedback again on your mic. Please, thank you. Uh, when I got home, I, I called my mom. I said, I just had a date with Ernest. She said, well, he was earnest, but was he sincere? <laughs> It it took my mom Ruth to come up with a with a rejoinder like that, and I said, "Yeah, he was, but there's not going to be a second date." Okay, moving moving on. He's earnest, but was he sincere? I just my mom had a way of looking at things like that. I do miss her, Clea. Let's look at your quote before I get weepy here. Michael Corleone played in this version of The Godfather Three, 1990 American crime film by Al Pacino, and here's the quote. I don't have to give anything about the movie. Everybody knows. Just when I thought I was out, they pull me back in. Cleo, where'd you get this one, and what does it have to do with our topic? What is it, what doesn't it? Uh, by the way, I think I think Pacino plays the Michael Corleone in all three. But um, and I I'm looking forward to seeing the re-released director's cut of three. See if it's any better because basically that movie is just just a waste. But that quote. That quote, I think, just says so much about characters and what we want. You know, especially for those of us who write cozies, there's always the question of, well, you know, why does this one person who's not a cop and not a PI, why does why does she, usually she, keep stumbling over bodies? Why does she keep getting involved in murder? And why does she get involved with murders? You find a dead body, you call the cops. You don't <laughs> investigate. So there has to be a reason. There always has to be a reason for your character to get drawn in. You know, is, is she in danger? Is she involved? Is she implicated? Um, you know, does she have some special skill that she thinks that the cops are overlooking? So it's, you know, whenever you're writing, and okay, maybe this doesn't necessarily have much to do with naming, but it certainly has to do with character development. When you're writing a mystery, you always have to have a reason for your protagonist to get drawn back in no matter what. And ideally, you're drawing the reader in too. Thank you very much. Reminds me of I'm, I'm drawn back. They're releasing more versions of Morse. Endeavor, the British uh, detective show, more the, the original Morris did pass away, John Thaw, and they started another series with his younger version, played by Sean Evans, who does a wonderful job. I think I'm on season five, and it keeps, it keeps, do you want to, Prime keeps saying to me, do you want to continue watching the series? And there's some newer episodes that drop, but his middle name was Endeavor, so in one of the series, they named they named the character Endeavor, they named the series Endeavor for his middle name rather than Morris, but one of his superior, immediate superior in the police department is named Sergeant Thursday. And another detective is named Strange, Sergeant Strange. And I thought, isn't that interesting? Thursday here, no, it's Wednesday. Nobody has done that in the show. But just such interesting out of the kind of out of the out of the blue names and it gets you thinking really seriously and you remember them you do remember them let's go around carolyn marie you're marie again wilkins has picked the name of a george benson oh i loved his music song 1977 the album was in flight and the song title is everything must change carolyn talk to me well that just feels like my theme song these days i think uh, first of all, with the way the world is going, with the way things are happening, things are changing at a constant rate. Even as writers, as we're writing, I found for myself, I need to be continually revising, continually adapting, continually changing, and your characters 
also need to be able to adapt and change to circumstances. And even if you're writing a series, the character must grow and evolve during the course of the series in order to avoid boring everyone. So everything must change and everything is changing. The question is, how am I going to handle it? And so that is why I thought that that would be a good quote and life philosophy. I like that. And you know the old French saying, which I, I happen to, one of my mantras is plus ça change, plus ça la même chose. The more things change, the more they stay the same. Look at fashion, right? Okay. Although we, not in so much in music. We didn't, I don't think we had rap music back in the old, old ages. Let's go around. Sarah Smith, a four-word quote. This is even one word longer than the one that Carolyn picked. Sarah picked Buzz Lightyear, played by Tim Allen. Toy Story, 1995 American computer animated comedy film. And the quote is, world famous to infinity and beyond. It's a classic. Sarah, what does this have to do with our naming topic? Go ahead. Yes, Buzz Lightyear in a number of films now, including, is it called Lightyear or Buzz Lightyear? Lightyear, I think. <clears throat> and I'm, I'm thinking of Clea's quote and Carolyn's and mine all together. This is a challenging time. And because we're uh, writers, we're uh, challenged in our work as writers. So we have to go big. Things are changing. We have to grasp our aspirations and go large. I like that. Grasp your aspirations. By the way, a little bit of history here. Uh, the title to infinity and beyond was the title of a book of the history of infinity written in 1991 four years before the movie, and it was written by Eli Mayor, M-A-O-R, and that was the title of his book. Very interesting. It's Thank a good you. Book. Oh, good, good. I'm glad you know it. Edwin Hill, let's see what you, oh my goodness, this is interesting. All the numbers here were spelled out, but I'm going to read them. This is a quote from Jean Brody, the prime of Miss Jean Brody, Maggie Smith, 1969 British drama film. How wonderful of you to pick this, Edwin. And here is the quote. I watched the scene, Edwin. I watched the clip, and it was just charming. And she's reading a note from a, a student, I guess, says, Dear Miss Brody, I hope it will con be convenient for you to see me in my office this afternoon at 4 15 numeral four colon one five emily mckay i guess not a student and her answer she says is four there's all spelled out four fifteen not four not four thirty not four fifteen all spelled out hmm she thinks to intimidate me by the use of quarter hours oh edwin i love that scene <laughs> carol elected edwin what does this have to do with our topic go ahead well, like uh, Katrina, I chose a novel. Well, I chose a book, a novel and a movie uh, with the character's name in the title. Um, and I, you know, it's interesting, too, because Gene Brody is not, a, there's nothing interesting about that, that name either. And there it is sitting right there in the title. Uh, and, it, and it is attributed to this fascinating character that was created by Muriel Spark, who's a terrific Scottish uh, writer. Um, and... One of the interesting things she does with names in that novel, and it, it translates into the movie as well, is um, this, she, she takes very ordinary names. Some of the main characters are Jenny, Sandy, Mary McGregor, like nothing special about those names, but she, she uses the names within the prose almost as exclamation points. So Mary McGregor is often, is often stated together. Um, the character that, that, Miss, that Jean Brody is talking about right in that uh, scene 
Miss Miss Mackay. Miss Mackay. Um, she is. There's something about those two hard M's that just follow each other. And Miss Mackay is is Jean Jean Brody is this um, is a teacher in this in this novel. And Miss Mackay is is her arch ne nemesis. And there's something ah. about those two M's, the way they follow each other, that every time Miss Mackay comes up, you know that Jean Brody is going into battle with her. Um, and so I just I love the way the I love the way names are used in this novel. I love the way very very ordinary names are used in this novel. Thank you. That's an interesting point, Edwin, because we're talking about the cleverness of picking names. And sometimes a perfectly ordinary name does the job, doesn't it? It doesn't have to be out there. Uh, thank you all very much for picking such interesting characters, names, philosophies, approaches to our topic in the form of your fictional movie quotes and TV quotes. I appreciate it very much. Thank you. And song titles as well. So let's go to our predictions roundtable. Let's see how many we can squeeze in. Take two minutes apiece. I'll read the prediction. I'm putting some in the chat already. I have one for Katrina, one for Clea, one for Carolyn, Sarah, and Edwin. I'll put yours in in a minute. I'm trying to do 20 things here at the same time, but that's my job. Uh, so just so you know, if you have a comment on somebody else's prediction, because we're not going to do a agree or disagree roundtable like I do on some of my other shows, Wiggle one of your polite fingers at me and I will see it. You know, there are four polite fingers. Some are harder to use than others, just not the bad one. Okay, there we go. The rules have been established. So here is the first prediction we're going to use from Katrina McPherson. This is number two on her list. This is an interesting one. I'm just going to read the first sentence, Katrina, and let you expand it. Take two minutes. You say the winning bidders in charity auctions will demand more interesting characters to bear their names. You have to explain this. Unpack it. Katrina Edwin says, what? <laughs> I love yeah, you. I, I know Edwin's laughing um, because some very uh, generous, sometimes drunk, um, deep pocketed mystery fans at conventions will will bid to be a character in someone's novel. So and sometimes they, you know, they bid a lot of money to be a character in a novel. And I noticed and sometimes when I'm reading novels, I think, that was an auction bid because there's this blameless, you know, shiny hair and, and clear skin judge, uh, forensic expert, you know, someone who comes on for a while and then goes away again. And I think if I had paid, you know, $11,000, for instance, I would want to be uh, the murderer or, you know, someone who comes in and kicks over all the chairs and, you know, comes, does something splendid or the victim. Um, so my prediction is people, and it has started to happen actually, people are not going to put up with being these blameless, um, perfect characters. They want to be something meaty. Meaty, very, very interesting. Thank you very much. Any comments? Let me quickly go back to my gallery view here. Everybody good with that? Okay, let's move. Oh, okay, good. Thank you for the thumbs up. I'm scrolling all the way down, Edwin. I'm still trying to pick one for you and I will. So we just had Katrina. I'm looking at Clea. Prediction number one, characters will increasingly have mix and match ethnic names, i.e. Abdallah Chen reflecting our society. That's interesting. Uh, several of you on the panel gave the same type of prediction. So I'm using Clea's and that's fine. Clea, talk to me. Go ahead. Sure. But first, I just I want to comment on the naming. Um, I, some of us who write cozies with cats in them auction off names of pets. <laughs> but it, but at least with, with pets, you know, the pet cannot be the murder victim because we would never kill a cat. 
Um, but as to, I, I, of course, we all picked it because we are an increasingly a, a multicultural society. And Bonnie, you yourself in our intro talked about a character named Galveston Noyan, I think. Yes. Uh, it sounds like, you know, Vietnamese derived cowboy. Yes. Isn't it this is the reality of who we are. And it's also, it's a, I find it, it's just a great way to, um, you know, to check my own prejudice. You know, if, if I, if I, you know, I'm worried that I'm making a character, you know, am I assuming something about somebody's uh, cultural origin? Um, you know, well, what if you've got multiple cultural, uh, I can't even talk, cultural origins. Um, I'm now working on a, um, an amateur sleuth uh, set in a newsroom because that's my background. Um, and one of the characters is actually named after a girlhood friend of mine. Uh, the, the real woman was uh, Teresa McCaffrey. If she sees this out there, get in touch. Um, <laughs> Teresa McCaffrey, good Irish name, right? Except she was Korean. Um, and her, her uh, parents had married, her father was stationed in South Korea. Um, and so um, one of the characters is Roz, uh, Teresa Ross Common. Um, and you know, I, I use the same ethnicity, but I, I think to some extent, this is just a way to reflect who we are now um, and to get beyond you know, the, 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 the boring, I mean, I'm from, all of us are from different, interesting, rich cultural backgrounds. And yet we do tend to gravitate towards Bob and Jack and, you know, Jill and Mary, you know, the hell with that. Let's have, you know, an, an Adele and a, you know, uh, uh, you know, Chaim um, and, you know, Rudolfo. Um, and, and why not then make it, you know, Rudolfo Schwartz and, you know, you know, Chaim Ibrahim or whatever, just, why not go why not go nuts why not and i'm watching a lot of french detective thrillers now because you know i used to speak fluent french back in the day another lifetime and now i'm trying to pick up some interesting but i i don't mind you have to pay attention you can't be looking down at something or or in the kitchen preparing your food unless you understand fluent french so you have to be reading the subtitles right and i'm interested in the names i'm watching something called sharif c-h-e-r-i-f delightful but the name of the actor who plays it i can't even pronounce something abel hasafid something something i i Matasi, i i don't even it, very mediterranean name but his character is kader k-a-d-e-r sharif c-h-e-r-i-f his daughter is sarah Okay. Um, yeah, his mother, I don't know, they found an an aging French actress to play, but she's got a cute name. But his, the, his co-protagonist, the, the younger detective who comes in as Capitan, is Adeline Briard. What a beautiful name, A-D-E-L-I-N-E-B-R-I-A-R-D. -E -E and her brother, who was murdered, but they thought was suicide, did she spend half, half the series trying to figure out, was Sebastian Briard. So I'm intrigued by how these French series develop their names as well. Let's go on. So we now have Carolyn. This is interesting, Carolyn says, prediction number three. There will be more characters with gender neutral names, could be male or female. How interesting and how appropriate. But the question is, how do you know? <laughs> is it Marion with an O, with an A? Is it Francis with an E or an I? If it's spoken, how do you know? Carolyn, talk to us. Prediction. Well, this is interesting. This prediction came to me from my college students. I still do some teaching in college. And I have found that students who are always on the cutting edge of things in general and way ahead of the rest of us old folks are very comfortable with this whole kind of gender neutral world. 
and they're much more comfortable with the pronoun thing, the they, they, students have all of that. They're very comfortable with it. And they often, I, I should have put this in my prediction as well, they often rename themselves, even if their original name was Geraldine, for example, they might decide to name themselves Jerry, and it's still a girl, but now it's Jerry, and you don't know when you're just looking at the name, is it a girl or a boy? Lay, uh, Jamie, same thing, very wildly popular, these kind of names, and I think it's just as... Um, Clea was talking, there is a kind of much more of a plasticity within our multicultural, mm -hmm. multi-gendered society where people are feeling free to adopt different things. And it's much more ambiguous and much more uh, ambivalent. So um, that I'm just going to put out there. I think we're going to see it more and more a fluidity of names and of um, genders, which I'm sure somebody else is going to talk about. Thank you. And I want to point out something. There was a TV show named Sisters many years ago, and all of the girls, the four sisters, had names that were gir girls' names that could be abbreviated or nicknamed boy's name. So there was an Alexandra, she was Alex. There was a Samantha, right. she was Sam. There was an Edwina, she was Eddie. And there was a Francine, and it was Frankie. And I've noticed in a lot of shows, and right now, uh, Jane Seymour has a very interesting British detective show where her son is the chief of police. If anybody's seen it, it's called Harry Wilde. Her name is Harriet, but they call her Harry. You right. read Harry Wilde, you don't expect Jane, Alec Jane Seymour to show up, you know, in her skinny jeans and her fancy hair and all that. And and she picks up a guy who's a, who's a, a shoplifter. A, a, he steals her purse on the street. Turns out he's a young man from a, a, a shall we say, a deprived neighborhood or a, a challenged neighborhood. And he's raising his 10-year-old niece because her mother left. And he she trains him to become her sidekick and he becomes a pseudo detective and and the the son is thinking oh my god i'm a chief of police and my mom is solving crimes to so call him and say okay whatever the son's name is yeah come down to such and such street we just solved a murder for you it's like mom would you please and then she's sleeping with his with his superior at the police station who's married you don't even want anyway but it's harry wilde what a name! Of course, it's Jane Seymour. There you go. So who do we just have? We just had, let's see, we just had Carolyn. So let's go to, I'm scrolling down here as fast as I can. Let's go to Sarah. Sarah, I'm going to prediction number four. This is very interesting. Sarah says, because of the popularity of audiobooks, we will be more sensitive to how names sound, how attractive and energetic they are. We'll think about names almost as if we were poets. I'm going to stop there. Sarah, this was a very rich prediction. Go ahead, Sarah Smith. Okay. Well, Edwin, you provided us a really good example with Miss Mackay, who sounds mean and strong. And the, the rhythm of names, the, the consonants and the vowels. Uh, one of my favorite examples is Sherlock Holmes. There's a strong name, Sherlock Robinson. It doesn't quite do it. <laughs> uh, you, you need the Sherlock Holmes and his great mind pounding the criminal class of London into submission. And groups of names, 
as, as people have said, it's really interesting to see how groups of names in a group work against each other and with each other. Uh, Fred, George, Rang, and Percy. Guess which one is stuck up? And my, my favorite, favorite name in the entire world is a character who isn't a character until quite late in a very long series. In Game of Thrones, Sir Arthur Dane, the Sword of the Morning. Ugh. It's <laughs> those, those long O's, the Sword of the Morning. Whoa. And, and you know, the guy doesn't even exist. Every once in a while, someone refers to Sir Arthur Dane, the Sword of the Morning. Eventually, he has a backstory. But every time this name shows up, there's a little bit of chivalric pixie dust that fares on the entire scene, just because in this world, somebody can be named Sir Arthur Dane, the Sword of the Morning. <laughs> Thank you, Sarah. I feel like we just attended a reading there. That was beautiful. Sarah, bravo. You outdid yourself. Very interesting. When I read the, the scene, Edwin, from the quote from Miss Jean Brody, I said McKay because I was reading the way the English pronunciation. and you said Mackay. So going back to the, the prediction about audiobooks, it's all in the pronunciation. If you asked me to spell a character's name Mackay after hearing it, I wouldn't know is M-A-C-K-A-Y. I would have no idea. I would think it would be something like M-A-K-A-I, Makai, or M-A-H-K-A-I. I don't know what I would do. Or M-A-C-H-A-I, which could be Makai, right? Clea? It could have a little bit of the that. So the Chayim in there. So anyway, very interesting. It makes you think, how would you spell it if you had to read it, if you were only hearing an audiobook? Sarah, very interesting prediction. Thank you. And Edwin, I've, I've summoned you. Edwin has a couple of interesting predictions here. I'm going to pick number two, but if it's very brief, Edwin, I'll pick another one and just toss it at you. So prediction number two, he says, Zoe and Zach will always be more popular on the page than in real life. Oh my, Edwin, go ahead. Go give us other examples please i love this well first i want to co uh, couple uh, well first it's hard to follow sarah um but uh that uh, her point is so important and uh, like i've just realized this way late in the game that when we're writing now we are actually writing for two audiences one is for the written word and one is for the spoken word yes and it really is a very different uh, medium the spoken word like what people can pay attention to what they can take in and the spoken word it, ta it takes you just have to think about it and so it's such a different way and I love that idea about thinking about naming through the idea of how things how, how those names sound um, so one thing that I do with uh, novels I name characters very very quickly when I'm writing a novel um, because you can get you can get caught up on a baby naming site for like 10 hours like trying to come up with the perfect name so like tomorrow, if I come up with a new character, maybe I'll just name her Bonnie just because we were talking today. And then Aww. later on, I might keep Bonnie as I did with Hester Thursby. Um, or I might think maybe I need to come up with a different name. Do I owe um, you $11,000 to buy the rights to that? Absolutely. I thought I so. <laughs> I thought so. Thank you, Katrina. Thank you. I just want to know what my, my, take, my bill will be here. Go ahead, Edwin. And one other thing I try to do, and I never get this right, is I try, it's really simple. I try to have every name begin with a different letter in the alphabet. And, uh, m most novels don't have 26 characters in them, 26 name characters in them. If you do, it's going to be a very long novel. 
Um, and so toward the end of the drafting process, I, I, I keep the names in a, in a spreadsheet, but toward the end of the drafting process, after always keeping this in my mind, I just sort the names to make sure that I don't have any duplicates. And I always have a duplicate, always, always, always. I always have two or three characters that begin with L, two or three characters that begin with M, those, those, those letters, names. There are lots of names that begin with M. There are lots of names that begin with C, as we can see on the screen right here. Um, Yes. So I always wind up having some duplicates. And lo and behold, you have to go to the extremes of the alphabet. You have to go to the Zs and the Ys and the Ws. And so lo and behold, I think that's why we see a lot of Zacks and Zoes in books, because all of a sudden a, 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 a novice is like, I need to come up with a different name here. And I've, I've got I've to go to a, a, a letter that's not as popular. Thank you very much. That was very interesting. Bonnie with a B. I'll have you just keep that in mind. I'd be very I will. Happy. I will. Let's go quickly. Round two. Let's see if we can squeeze in one more prediction. We've only got six minutes left, but let's keep this fast. Katrina, prediction number three. People will keep believing you meant them when you have never heard of them. I assume when you <laughs> use their name quickly. When Katrina. you use their name. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, go, I always Google the name that I'm going to use in case there's someone famous or notorious. That's the worst. Uh, but, you know, there's always going to be someone called everything. Um, and it has happened to me that people have, have sidled up or email, no, once in person and emails um, telling me graciously that they don't mind. <laughs> Thanks. There's nothing, there's nothing you can do about it anyway. But they, yeah, they do, they do sometimes think I meant them. Thank you very much, Carolyn. I'm putting a, another prediction in the chat for you. Let's see. After Katrina, we've got Clea. And Clea, I've picked for you prediction number two. Let me go to it. Just give me a second here. Very, very busy on the producer side. Prediction number three, Clea. You say celebrity names will signal villains. What in the world? Well, it's sort of a take on what Sarah was saying about if you have a bunch of names and, and one of them is a Percy, everyone will go in and Sarah asked, who is the, you know, the upper class stuck up twit? It's obviously the per Percy. And we've sort of learned that now that was an upper class name. Who are the, you know, who's our upper class? If, if you are writing today and you have a character named Paris or, you know, heaven forfend Ivanka, those names, those names are known and they carry associations. And those associations are at the very least of wealth and privilege. Interesting. Thank you very much. Katrina, that's I'm gonna get my, you. Go ahead, I was Katrina. gonna say that's why my character wasn't allowed to be called Nessie. That's a perfectly fine Scottish name. But everyone said everyone will just think of a green monster that lives in a loch, so she can't be called Nessie. Sorry. And Kermit. Imagine me called Kermit. <laughs> Kermit the Frog. I don't think you can use. I don't think you can use Kermit as a real name. Not for, anymore. No, not anymore. Katrina, I'm going to get you to mute, dear. We're getting some feedback there, but I'm glad. I'm glad you commented. Uh, Carolyn Marie, prediction number two. Let's quickly go through this. People will grow more comfortable with using African, Asian, and African American names for their characters. Carolyn, give us a couple examples, please. Yes, I think that you can see this already happening, and you even brought in your Galveston Nguyen a Vietnamese name, I think as we become more multicultural, now it is proven that even today, people who have typically black names or names that are associated with African-American are still discriminated against. 
they're discriminated against in housing, in jobs, etc. And there's a reason why at least my parents named me a boring name and so forth. But I feel that this is changing to some degree and that hopefully as we become more comfortable multicultural society and more comfortable with other names and you know yes. all you have to do is listen to a basketball game and the names of the players and that and the announcers have trained themselves to be comfortable with all these different previously considered weird and unpronounceable names both eastern european right whatever um, they learn how to do it so that's my prediction Thank you. I appreciate that. And on the point of names that you don't know how to pronounce or how to say from different cultures, uh, very interesting. We are going to see a lot more of that. And I think we already are. Thank you very much. Let's go to Sarah quickly. Prediction number three, we will use beta testing and the read aloud feature of Word or Scrivener to help decide on names. Hooray for global search and replace. Quickly, Sarah, this sounds intriguing. Technology, go ahead. Technology. Um, there are some names that just don't work. You try them in any sentence in the world and they just don't work. Uh, and I've, I've started um, doing selected parts of my manuscripts, uh, read, having, having them read aloud, not by me, because I know how to fake it, but by, uh, by word or scrivener because they sound clunky. And if they sound clunky, they're gonna uh, blow your reader right out of the book and you have to change them. Thank you, very interesting. Going back to your comment about audiobooks, if they sound, and it's not just audiobooks, it's when somebody, mm -hmm. hey, let me read a quote to all of you here on a radio show. And if it sounds clunky and I grossly mispronounce Mackay, so there you go. Let's, Edwin, mm -hmm. uh, I'm giving you a choice of two. Let me read both of them. You pick one of them. Fictional names will grow more dystopian or it will be still important to watch your syllables. Edwin, pick one. We've got exactly 30 seconds for you. Go ahead. The first well, one. I'll do the, the syllable one because that one's easy. One of the things that one of the tricks with your when you're naming characters is to watch your syllables. So like Gene Brody is three syllables. You want to have you want to have characters in that same book where you have women with three syllables in their name, two syllables in their name. You want to watch the syllables between the first and the last name. You can have a really you can have a really strong name like Anne West um, with just two syllables. Um, but you can have a boring name like Ed Hill with just two syllable <laughs> names. You have to be you have to watch that kind of stuff. But when we turn it to Edwin Hill, it's much it more, more interesting. Much more yes, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Sherlock Holmes, three syllables. Yep. Never thought about that. Harry Wilde, right? Dr. John Watson, five syllables. Kader yep. Sharif. Adeline Briard is five. Oh my God, we're going to have to tell them to change. Yeah, yeah. anyway, by the way, uh, it's such a great series and the character got tired of playing the role and he quit after about five years and it's too bad because it's my favorite new series. It's absolutely delicious. C-H-E-R-I-F if you're looking for a French. And uh, Cécile Beltbois plays um, Candice Renoir. 
What a great name for a character. Candace Candice Renoir. Think about it. Oh, my goodness. You got to find it all French. I want to thank the five of you. It has been just delightful. I hope I didn't laugh too much and giggle too much. <laughs> you all brightened my day, made me happy. This was wonderful. And I have a homework assignment. Don't go away. We're going to take some more pictures afterwards. Thank you to Gabe, our engineer. Thank you, Gabe. Thank you to LinkedIn. Thank you to Facebook. Thank you to Restream. And uh, the homework assignment is right now on the count of three. You're going to wag your finger and say, no, no, no. You've done this with, with me before. People say the future was already here and we're going to say one two three no 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 no, no, no. no. Oh, you're so well trained i appreciate that thank you because that was yesterday's future and today's future oops it just passed already after i paused today's future hasn't happened yet and we're gonna all we're do our best through fictional characters to try and make it a much more bright interesting and fun one and get people to think and smile and feel and that's the way it is bonnie d signing off for technology revolution everybody wave goodbye we'll see you Thank you for joining us for Technology Revolution, the future of now. Mark your calendar to join host Bonnie D. Graham every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel to hear how technology is impacting your future now.